The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. All right, everybody, what's going on? How are you, cyber world? Again, uh, it seems like this is, I, w- I refuse to call this the new norm. We'll just say <laughs> where we are right now. Uh, welcome to a new episode of Critical and Thinking Podcast, Ty Barnett. Ian Harris, and uh, hey, we've got a guest. We got a guest today, Ty. Um, since we're yeah, two weeks, almost in the world. Been, yeah, almost. Well, yeah, and then we had one right before that, so it's good. So please welcome everybody uh, in the world, uh, Koji Steven Sakai. Hello, uh, hi guys. It's, it's great to be on the podcast. Yeah, and give, give give everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, because uh, we have all people from all walks of life on here. Yeah, so I'm a uh, mostly a screenwriter, but I also produce stuff. I'm a teacher. I teach at UCLA Extensions and New York Film Academy. And I also have a couple podcasts on my own, which Ian was a part of last time. Um, so that's the quick. And I'm a father and a citizen. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick your brain on some, some technical stuff. Uh, let me show you real quick my little setup here. Uh, I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. I see your green screen. Yeah, my green screen. And then I got a 70, I got a 70, 80, and 90D. So, uh, and then a 5D that uh, I told Ian he can use whenever he wants to use. So, I'm going to be picking your brain away from the podcast. Sounds good. <laughs> and I got a gimbal. And I got a gimbal. Uh, uh, the little crane. Yeah. The crane, too. So, I'm try- I, got my little, uh, I got my little ghetto Tyler Perry studio. <laughs> <laughs> and when are you going to be dressing up like a woman? Not no, uh, not playing your grandma. grandma. <laughs> it's like uh, 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 was it Medea? Medea's cousin goes to wherever social event. You know, you know. I mean, I I, I know that, that Tyler Perry is big in 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 with a lot of people in a certain community. I got to be honest with you. I, I, when it when that first Tyler Perry thing came out that was big in public, I don't know how long Tyler Perry had been around before that because I we just I wasn't in within that group. But the first couple, the first thing that came out, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. This ain't gonna, this guy's gonna get this this guy ain't gonna last. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? What the thing is, and this is why, like I said, sometimes the good, this is the good and bad thing about technology is that you can do more of these things yourself now. It just takes a lot. Like it takes a lot to learn these things. Like, and I'm pretty sure Cody can test is like, you, you, did you go to school? Yeah, or? I went to, I went to film school at USC. Yeah. Okay. But, but what, what Tyler Perry did was he just, I mean, he knew that there's a market for urban family comedies mm-hmm. and every market needed it. And he knew that instead of shooting like one a week, like a studio, he could do like three a week for, you know, by himself, yeah. you know, not himself, but it's like, then he could shoot out 50 episodes, hundred episodes in, you know, in, in half the time or quarter of the time and then make a ton of money because ultimately African-American urban comedy drama families are like, that's what they need. Every, every station, every place needed it. So you made it, that's where he made a ton of money, you know, originally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess all I'm saying is I'm surprised that I, I guess I'm not surprised. I absolutely agree that it was needed. And I knew that that was, that that would be something that would blow up. I just, I'm so, I guess I'm, what, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but how, how low the bar must have been for people, for people who were like, we need anything. Oh, well, you got that. Like, you got to remember like that, 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 that people of color, the stories about people of color have been, I mean, it's really low. Like there hasn't been much, right? Here's a black also, guy waving at the camera. Finally, something for us. <laughs> uh, also, also black people, you know, their issue with some of Tyler Perry stuff is that it's so 
basic. But but I mean, I, I get why he started doing the stuff he started to do. What's up, everybody that's tuning in so far? Little Rob, what's going on? Chad, um, Ola. But um, I think even black people are like, come on, man. Come on, man. Give us some give us some some detailed stories. Give us yeah. some better dialogue. Well, it's like so, fresh, it's like fresh off the boat for me. Right. It's like, come on, <laughs> yeah. like, is that really? I mean, I, I enjoy the story and I, I know a lot of the people on there, obviously, but they're like, it's like, come on, we're, there's a lot more than this. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and I think they were like, yay, it's good. Someone black is putting out these putting out this programming. But man, we don't all talk like that. <laughs> like we all, we have other things that we can do, and we don't all wear dresses, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's almost like sometimes you watch it and you think like, remember the clumps, you know, the the dinner scene at the clumps, yeah, like that, where you're like, okay, he every movie would be a character based off someone sitting at the at the dinner table of the clumps, <laughs> and and after a while you're like, okay, but I think he's picked up on that. That's why, like, some of his shows now, like, they're kind of trying to have more deeper story and better dialogue and stuff yeah. like that. So I think he's kind of caught on to, like, okay, I need to start putting out yeah. more than just Medea goes to the grocery store. Well, and he, he also did something business-wise, which is he, he fundraised for the, whole, for the whole show at one time. Oh, so, wow. he, so that's why. So instead, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know how much it was. But say he got 100000 up front. Mm-hmm. And he, shot it all, he shot it all out for that. Yeah. And then he and then he'd take it to each place and sell it individually, and so he didn't. He wasn't beholden to like a Sony or any yeah. of these other. Studios. So like That's he like you you can't front on his business. His yeah. business. No, uh, yeah. he's like, super smart. There's no doubt. Yeah, Mo, no doubt. It, it, it's just come on, man. You know who's who's really impressed me um, is uh, in general just just because of the quality of things they're doing are, are, are the key and P guy, key and peel guys. Like I, I wasn't a huge, I mean, I like some of their sketch comedy. I thought of a lot of it to me was base. Um, I, I thought some of it was great, but I guess that's how all sketch comedy goes. Some of it's kind of base. Some of it's kind of, some of it's good. I thought uh, like key and peel was, was good, but those guys have gone and done dramatic stuff and, and, and really good films yeah. and TV shows and they've branched out. And the cool thing about them is to me that they are what, you know, uh, years ago, I worked many times with with, with Chappelle, and um, and I remember thinking, um, at one point, I'm like, well, his audience is so diverse. A lot of people think of him as a black comic or whatever, but I'm like, he does He wasn't doing this in the '90s. It wasn't in early 2000s. He wasn't doing Def Jam. He was doing yeah. comedy that that wasn't vanilla stuff that black people would be like, ah, this clown. And it wasn't where white people would be like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, you know, it, it was like it was this great umbrella of right. stuff that, that, that right. worked well you, you're you're similar ty right that's why uh, first thing i said to you when we, when we first met i was like wow you got this kind of comedy that appeals to everybody oh but, yeah. right well, and, and i think that's what these guys do is like they make movies that have black people in them and have black stories but but it's not like this is just for one community black movie like per se and the, the thing i like about the by the way uh props to key and peel i mean my kids try to tell me about them they, okay, hold on. Let me let me preface this. I am a fan of both of them individually. Like I I, I like uh, I like what um, Jordan Peele has done and on the director side behind the camera, and I like what Keegan Michael Key does in front of the camera. Like like, but together, like they would all my kids would always say, "Have you seen Key and Peele?" And uh, now I would say I, I didn't watch it when it was on the air because you know I just didn't really watch Comedy Central. 
because sometimes Comedy Central will put some shit on you like these motherfuckers. But uh, I started watching them on YouTube, and let me tell you something, man. I would watch these the Key and Peele sketches, and I'm like, this shit's hilarious. This shit, and, and, and like the writing, the the buttons, the callbacks, all of this stuff. I'm like, man, this was is it's, I love I love the show. So I go back and watch the episodes now, but on YouTube. So let me ask you, uh, Koji. First of all, what was the first thing you directed? Oh no, I'm, I'm a writer producer. I didn't direct. I've never directed. Oh, you haven't directed? Okay, yeah. okay. So, what was the first project you worked on, and and what was the first thing you learned from it that you did not know going into it? As, as a as on my own project or just any project yeah. I was working Your on? Your own, where where you went in and you said, okay, I'm from my head to the finished product. Okay, it's probably it was a feature in uh, 2007 called "The People I Slept With." It was a romantic comedy, an Asian American romantic comedy, and and what I learned that for that project was that the the actors don't say what I write. <laughs> they don't like they don't verbatim say what I write, which was really frustrating because it's because I remember thinking I spent all this time working on your dialogue and you're just saying whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that's uh, go ahead. I've finished, and then I'll say. Oh no, I'm just saying that that was super frustrating because it's like I, I I even talked to the director. I remember saying, "Can you just make him say it once the way I wrote it?" You know. <laughs> but, uh-huh. I was gonna say that's a director thing because it, it's funny. I work with a lot of I, I direct right and and write as well, and I find that some that some actors see. I didn't know being 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 comedians like you know Ty, you and I like we know like we're used to. Oh, I got a way to get there. I know I got some funny dialogue. I'm going to throw some stuff in there. I, the first thing, thing I realized as a director was that, because um, I was a comedian for 10 years before I ever made my first film. And, what, up, and, uh, what up, Angela? What up, Rolando? And, and I was like, I realized I didn't know that, that some actors don't want to improvise. So I remember doing, doing a, a short film one time, um, and I had uh, Tom Kenny, who's, you know, SpongeBob who's amazing. The guy's like just amazing. And he was like, can I just talk? And I'm like, sure. I just want this line and this line. These are the two, the front and the end that button this scene together. And I made him do the whole scene verbatim. And then I said, do be Tom Kenny. And it was amazing. Right. I was like, wow, this is just, he went off on stuff and making up songs. Like he was great. It was so good. I had it was, editing. It was almost impossible because it was so good and it was so much to use. And then the next time I said to somebody, Hey, just do what you want. And they had a panic attack. <laughs> Can you tell me what I'm supposed to say? Can you just tell me what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> yeah. It, I, and, and that's what I say. I, I think it, I, I've gone on auditions like that. I actually did one at uh, ABC and I like at the first read, and, and it's hard. And somebody asked me this. I said, well, what is harder to audition for? What is harder to work with? And I always say comedy to me is harder, even though I'm a comedian. It's harder for me sometimes to read comedic scripts because the comedian in me, and Ian, you know, it's like, we'll read it and we're like, oh, man, it'd be funny if you said it like this, though. <laughs> and so I'll read auditions and I'm like, um, and I'll, I'll be reading it in my regular cadence. And I'm like, man, it'd be cool if you did it like this. And I went, and most of the time they let you say that and they say, do one like this or do one after, you know. I went in and I started reading and I I think I put one or two extra words in there and the casting director was like, hold on, 
can you do it exactly like the script says? <laughs> I'm like, God damn. <laughs> sure, sure, no problem. Uh, but before I forget, I want to get a comment. Uh, Lil Rob says, uh, back to the Tyler Perry thing, uh, but black and brown people need to support more of our talent. That is very true. And, I, and this is why I think Tyler Perry has been able to grow his enterprises is uh, the way he has been able to do it. But in that same sense, I don't want to just watch somebody just because they're black or brown. I don't want to do that. Like, like yeah. that—that's not. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I kind of grew up watching all, all types of comedy. I'm a huge fan of Three's Company. Like, like I, I can watch episodes all day. Monk, I watch every, these types of shows. But I also love the What's Happening. I also love the, you know, the Family Matters. I also love the Fresh Princes and all that. The Twenty One Jump Streets. Um, a New York undercover, I'm say. So it is true that we do have to support these things, but it's also like we, since we do support these things, Lil Rob, I think we also need to demand that we have that, that representation in a more genuine sense. And also, can I just say something as, as a creator? You know, I think one of the challenges for a lot of people of color who are creators, they just want to, they almost want to foot at the table. So like as an Asian American, a lot of Asian American filmmakers, it's like Asian Americans and white people. But what I put, what I put for people is that, no, 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 it's like diversity means Asian Americans and other people of color and white people. So like yeah. what I see, like when I see a Latino movie, Latino American kind of things, I see like, there's a lot of people, here. there's a lot of like, like Latinos and white people, but there's not, there's no African-Americans or no Asian, right. you know, like, so yeah, yeah. like as a creator, it's like diversity is more than just us and them, but it's all of us and them. I think, I think there's also this, this line now where, I mean, um, first off, you have to give people opportunity, which hasn't been the thing in the past. Now I don't think, especially in Hollywood, there's not people out there going, we can't put Asian people in movies. So, but the problem is that, that, that now you get this thing where people are trying to force things. And for me, I'm like, can we just, like, I, I, I love what, like, Koji, what you're saying. Like, I want to just see people who are great doing great things. And here's the one thing I've noticed. I've been writing again, and I've, I'm in the middle of about to make a film until this all got on hold. So I'm hoping by, by fall we'll be able to get, get to production. Um, and I, when I'm casting and, and now when I'm reading a bunch of other screenplays, I remember it used to be always like, you know, Bob, white, 40 years old, walks into a place, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nowadays I'm seeing screenplays and there's not even a description. It's just like Bob walks into a place. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I like that because I'm like, I don't need to be told. If Bob ends up being a black guy or an Asian guy or a white guy, I just want the movie to be representative of real freaking life. Can, and can I argue with you about this? Life is diverse. Can I argue about this a little bit though? Please do. <laughs> so when, when, I teach, when I teach screenwriting, you know, one of the things that, that I do tell people is that they have to be overt about the race or the gender or, or the uh, sexual orientation or religion because, you know, like a lot of times, like think about your favorite book. Right, and close your eyes and imagine that character. They usually are going to imagine them, unless your name's Koji. They're going to right. imagine them as white people. And well, so, I think if you're white, right? No, no. Even even as even as an Asian American, if I read like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, I'm not thinking Atticus is like an African American dude, obviously, right? Like I'm. Well, or, yeah. I mean, that's a bad example, but like a, like if I'm reading a Stephen King book and, they, and he doesn't say his name is like Tom. I don't think of him as like an Asian dude. I would never think of him as Asian. No, I, I, I agree with that. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying that there needs to be parts written for all groups. Yeah. But I'm saying the parts that don't matter. Yeah. 
I don't think we need to assign, like, like say you're writing a movie about a, about a detective yeah. and the only thing you want is you want to make sure it's a guy. Yeah. That could be played by Chris Cooper or it could be played by Denzel Washington or it could be played by, you know, um, uh, Chow Yun-Fat. I don't care. So I'm like, in, in that instance, I don't know. Oh, I hadn't heard in a while. Oh, he's, but, but, but like there is a script, the script I'm writing, the, the female lead is Asian and for a specific reason. Um, there's a specific reason that she's, that she's Asian that runs through, through the, the story. And the lead guy, while I don't make him white, I, I, I've, I assume he's white because he's, he's supposed to be like a, a Nebraskan farm boy who's in his yeah. almost, he's like in his 50s. And when you think of that, you just don't think of, when you think of Nebraska farm boy who's, you know, you're not thinking, again, you're probably not thinking Asian. But, um, so in those cases, like for me, I wrote those, this is a, a white dude, this is an Asian girl for, for the reason of the script. Yeah. And, I, and I think that we need to write stuff that are more, when you have an idea, okay, this guy's Latino, this guy's black, for sure, absolutely. And I think, I think we need to put more of that stuff in there that's representative of reality that's not just stereotypes. I mean, uh, Tyna, you know, one of our favorite movies, uh, both is um, Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, and and to me, it's like I love that movie because how many of those movies back in the days where every black guy had to be the pimp, yeah, <laughs> the prisoner, and, and you're just and, like, and, uh, and, and that's why, but and that's why, like I said, it, it's. Uh, by the way, thank you for everybody that's tuning in. What's up, Derek, and everyone else that's tuned in. Uh, we uh, we are talking with Koji Steven Sakai. Sakai am I saying that right? Yeah. Nice. First time out. Again. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I actually wanted to leave the intro up to Ian. I was like, I do not want to butcher this dude's name. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we're talking, uh, right now we're talking filmmaking and TV scripts and all that. We will be talking about something a little bit more heavy in a little bit. Because <laughs> I, I cannot not talk about it, and, I, and I've spent a couple of days uh, thinking about it. But to Hollywood Shuffle's point, and his was oh okay so here's the other thing. Uh, by the way, made by by US, he he wore fake USC film school t-shirts to make that movie back in the eighties. <laughs> so so what have you had to do to get a project done that wasn't um, easy as going and getting papers? Like like Ian said, like Robert Townsend had to go put on fake USC t-shirts so they can film in certain places. Have you ever had to do anything like that to get something made or anything like that? Uh, not, not, or have you been a part of that, that type of, uh, guerrilla, guerrilla, uh, filming tactics? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I've done, I've done a couple of really, really low budget stuff. So, I mean, we, we don't have insurance sometimes, or we don't have, uh, permits to shoot outside. One time we shot outside the, uh, a police station and I was freaking out because really? we, we, we didn't have, I mean, it wasn't like a big production, but we, we had like stuff and I, me and the director, I was like, Hey, Hey, you know, you have to like, like, we, we can't do this. And he's like, don't worry, it'll be fast. And I'm like, we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> and, and then he, he went and did it. And then, oh, actually, the funniest one was I shot at my work once. And there was, like, a sex scene in the bathroom. And it's, like, and it's like a super conservative place. And they're, like, they're having la- – I mean, that wasn't real. So obviously, it wasn't real sex. But they were, like, they're, they're having sex in the bathroom. So you, your actors weren't method? <laughs> no. <laughs> but they were like screaming and I was just like, Oh, I'm gonna get fired. This is like this is like a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. But but so I've had to hustle like that. But yeah, never never anything um too bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, um 
it's and that that's funny, man. That, that, I was thinking about the police day. I wonder you're like, hey, can we use your jail for a minute? They're like, no. <laughs> Boom! Punch the cop. You're in jail. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I got a couple. I got a couple people here comment. So uh, first of all, are you comfortable talking uh, social issues? Of course. Oh, I don't want to put you in a position. You're the guest, and I don't yeah. want to put you. In a I'm good. I, I can talk about anything. I, 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 I primed him a little bit yesterday that that we get oh, okay. super political and we start talking about about this uh, stuff. But uh, what up, everybody? What up, Tracy, April, uh, Chad, and Paul? Paul D's. And, and this is and this is actually I know you know over on my side. I got, I got Greg, our Danny, Jim. Um, I, I it's also we're kind of going into this a little bit too because we're talking in a sense we're talking race and we're talking equality um, and. Uh, the, and stereotypes, and I think I think we're going to talk about the same thing I was planning on talking about that we have to talk about is uh, the uh, Ahmad Avery, right? Is that yeah? Go? So so listen, it, it, okay. So if people already know this by now, but if you don't know, uh, a 25 who has been 26 years old today, uh, African American black jogger, um, was running through Georgia, and two. White people, one a former cop, I want to make that very clear, former cop, and another one, his son, not a cop, blocked the road, and this jogger, you can see the video, the well, jogger. And the third guy was actually part of it. And the, the third, video guy, guy. third guy filming it. So the guy's jogging, they, they're stopped in the middle of the road, so they're obviously looking for some kind of confrontation. They open it, and he tries to jog around him. You see this. Everything is clear as day. He tries to jog around them. They get out of the car with shotguns. Now, let me – and so then in Sue's, he gets shot twice, and you see this two, two three times, and then he falls. Now, now I'm, I'm going to just give me a few minutes to say everything I'm going to say here because I've had a few different emotions about this, and then and I, I, tried not to, I tried not to get on social media about it because every time I looked, it would fuck me up. These two dudes – I understand the, understand the type of mentality you have to have to think that you can stop another citizen with fucking weapons because you think that they did something wrong. And then I start seeing people trying to make excuses for him like, oh, well, they should have just obeyed the command. He's not a fucking cop. He's not a cop. He's a retired investigator. He's a retired officer. The son is not even in law enforcement. So there is no command that this dude should have obeyed. And what person in their real white, regular fucking mind is going to jog up the street? Because I heard another person say some dumb shit like, oh, man, why was he running towards the truck? Because people jog forward. I don't know anybody that jogs backwards. And he didn't think that these people were going to kill him. So what in what world does it make sense to just stop, as, especially a black man, to just stop and listen to a conversation or someone try to question you when they got shotguns. But this is the America that we live in. And the fact that people are acting like we don't live in this America is the problem. This is why this shit keeps happening. And real quick, before I turn it over to you guys, understand something. This didn't just happen a week ago. This happened two months ago. Two months ago, they murdered this dude. The only reason people were talking about it is because the video came out. You know, the cops had a copy of this video. Stay home. Right after the shooting, 
But the, the day after the shooting, they had the video. And it's funny, a uh, comedian friend of mine, Keith Lowell Jensen, posted, this was what we're all thinking, but he said it very well. He said, remember, these guys didn't get arrested because the cops saw the video. These guys got arrested because we saw the video. Exactly. They exactly. had seen the video since fucking February. Exactly. And they did nothing. Nothing. And understand something. It, 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 it's, it's, like, it's like Trump when, when, you know, every time he does something, it, it's, it's after the story comes out. Oh, well, then I better fire somebody. It's never because, he, because they did no, the wrong no. thing. And understand that. And this is why I don't think it'll be cut and dry. And then I'm going to turn it over to Cody because I, I got to hear what you, what you I want to hear what you have to say. The, think about the level of corruption and cover-up that went into the cops getting a copy of the video and two months later, the charges. Think about the, the number of people in this chain that had to turn a blind eye to this murder. This is why I don't think anything will happen to these people because in order for them to go down, co other cops got to go down, prosecutors got to go down, Lawmakers got to go down. All of these other people got to go down because these two motherfuckers thought they could get away with murder. This is why I'm, I'm telling you, because at this point, they got to go to other people that helped them cover this up and say, hey, man, either we try to go full on with this and, and, and make this dude look bad or we all go down. Yeah. That's, that's where we are right now. So two things real quick I was going to mention. One is, you know, to me, the powerful thing about this is it's just juxtaposed to what's going on in Michigan in the state house where you have a bunch of angry men with big guns that could walk into mm -hmm. a state house and, and not get shot. Not even, you know, mm -hmm. this dude in Georgia, not, not even, even not, he's just like running. He, <laughs> and this one yeah. guy, and they could walk in with, with AR-15s, you know, uh, or whatever automatic weapons they had. To me, that, that's, that just shows us the, the privilege of some people. But a bigger issue to me is this is symptomatic of the, the fact that, that our country has never truly, truly come to Jesus about what happened in the beginning of this country and how the country became where it is today. So we've never right. had a true reckoning about of what a slavery was. We have never had a true reckoning or apology about Native Americans or any of the stuff that was here before. And I think with, without that, I mean, these kinds of, this, this is a symptom of that. You know, people, yeah. people think, oh, well, I, we pulled ourselves by the bootstrap. No, I'm sorry. That's not, that's yeah. not how it worked. It's 500 <laughs> years of slavery, right? Like, or so just some, somebody else's bootstraps. Yeah, somebody, I mean, it was it. And I think, I think it, I think we need, like, as a country, we need to get, we need to have, we need to teach it, right? In school. We need to, everybody needs to understand it. It's like, it's like in Germany, they teach about the Nazis. They teach about what they did. Right. It, it has to be the same thing here. And I think this is a symptom of that to me, you know, that well, people... okay. well, and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We need to come to come to terms with what America really is. And this is the problem. People don't want to admit what America really is. This is why we have a Kaepernick situation. This is why we have an anthem situation. This is why we have these things that constantly fucking happen because people want to believe. Now, let me tell you something. If I was a white person in this country, if I was a white male, especially white male, white women still weren't even allowed to vote for a while. <laughs> they yeah. still oh, not, all, not all white guys either, right? It was only landowning white men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so this country has really only catered to one demographic. One. Everybody else has kind of fall, fallen under that. There's white dudes, then white women, and then everybody else kind of falls in that other thing. And this is how America has been from the beginning, since, since the first time they came over and, and, and massacred the, the Indians. This is the, how, it, how it has been. 
the fact that people act like it is anything but that is why we keep having this problem. We, we keep acting like this has been a great story and, and everyone, do you understand? What, black people are the, only, is the only, are the only culture in this country that has been constantly berated, constantly demeaned, constantly scrutinized, constantly demonized, yet we've been forced to do things for this country at the same time as not being able to get the same respect in this country. We had troops that fought in every war. They had to fight in separate regiments. When they came home, they were still called niggas, period. This is all facts. And we're still dealing with this type of shit in 2020. Do you understand how, think about the mentality of that. You kill a dude. You kill a dude that's just jogging. You go and you have somebody tell you this. Now, mind you, because me and Ian, have been, let me just, let me give you a quick backstory real quick, Cody. Ian and I have known each other for about 20 years. That's one of my best friends right there. All right. I love him like a brother. I love his family. Same thing here. He knows my kids and all of that. Cool. If I came to Ian and told him that I killed someone, do you think Ian is just going to sit there and be like, okay, sure. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. Now, he may not turn me in right away, but I promise you, he, he would still be like, hey, Ty, you probably shouldn't kill that person. You really should do something about this. Do you understand the level of, of, of camaraderie of evil to go to someone and say, yeah, we killed this dude. We probably shouldn't have killed him. We need a cover up. And for the rest of the people to get on board with that, for the <laughs> DA to get in on that, right. for the other cops to get in on that. But what, what, have, what have I been saying for all this time? This, this shit is almost all of our problems. Almost all of our problems right now, just in the world in general, but especially political and everything, are tribalism. So now you add race and hundreds of years or longer of privilege and oppression. You add that and this position. Like, you know, how many times have I said how, how weird it is that you talk to these racist people and they're like, oh, white privilege is bullshit. And then the next thing out of their mouth is, but I got to preserve the white race for future generations. Well, why? why? Why do you care about something that is completely irrelevant, your skin color, unless it provides you something that, that, that is precious? So you can't say that the most important thing in the world is to preserve the white race because it doesn't do anything so it's like this tribalism that these people in th these type of uneducated people uh, feel, they have this tribalism with, with everything around them. And then the, the race on top of that, because they've been told their whole lives that they're superior. Yeah. yeah. They're and, part of some fucking club. And I think, I think this is, this is a watershed moment for, for our country because, you know, we're, we're at a, we're within 20, 30 years of this, this, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, the browning of America, right? Over 50% of the population will be people of color. And I think it scares people. It scares yeah. a lot of people right now. And I, I think that that, and I think the president Obama was the, the first sign of that when they saw an African-American sitting at the white house, it was like, Oh no, this is not my country anymore. Right. That, that, that's exactly why we have Trump. I bet yeah. Ty, Ty knows I, I call it, I call it the last stand of the angry white man. And it's yeah. Like, and, and, and there's a stat, right. Where um, if, if you ask somebody 20 years ago, what the best form of government was, they would have, in our country, they would have sent democracy. Over the, last, over the last 20 years, that number has gone down to 75%, 70%, 70%, 
<laughs> and I guarantee you it's not people of color saying we want a dictator. Like no. it's, it's, it's really just, it's just really like one segment of our population saying we want a dictator like Trump who will look out for quote our interests. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, this, this is a, this is a fear of that. It's a fear of these people coming in our neighborhood. It's a fear of, it's a fear of being different, you know, yeah. not recognizing our country. Cause that's what, uh, yep. That's what make America great is, right? It's like, that's exactly. So when people say like, like we talked great about when the, it was in the fifties, we exactly, but I, we talked about this when it came to the anthem, somebody came on and said that, you know, the anthem is, you know, I stand for the anthem because it means this and, and this, and it means freedoms and, 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 and being a, being a, a brave and, 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 and having rights. And so I wrote that, I wrote a comment to that. I said, okay, well then let's talk about the whole anthem. Let's talk about who wrote the anthem. Let's talk about their background. Let's talk about why they wrote the anthem. Let's talk about the meaning of the anthem. Let's talk about the third stanza of the anthem. And do you know that person did not even want to talk about it? He didn't even want to talk about it. And then when he brought it up, he says, well, yeah, I could kind of see how it seems racist, but we don't really sing the third stanza anyway. Do you understand? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so you want people to stand for a song that literally excludes them because we just exclude the third part of the song? That's that's like saying, okay, you know what? I want to go to a police uh, ball and I want to sing Fuck the Police, but you can bleep out the fuck part. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I will say this. At least, at least we had, and I'm not, excuse me, I'm just saying that, that on, on that note, I'm not agreeing with them, Ty. I'm going to go on. But, but at least we had the fucking understanding at some point to take that completely out of the song, which is a good thing. We could rewrite the song and come up with a new song. But it's the same thing to me with, with, with the flag, where these people go, someone's uh, disrespecting the flag. Or like when someone talks about burning the flag and they're like, uh, I remember when Black Lives Matter, there was a girl that, would, that was standing on top of a flag and doing a speech. They're like, how disrespectful. She's on the flag. And, and you know, somebody else burned a flag on some, some protest. They're like, oh, burning the flag. And it always drives me nuts. Or, or, the, or the, oh, you're disrespecting the soldiers. What the fuck? Is the flag the symbol, the idol? Is that what we're concerned about? Or are we concerned with what it's supposed to represent? Because if the idea is that it represents all Americans and freedom, then wouldn't the direct perfect res response when all Americans aren't getting equal freedom, e equity and equality and freedom, wouldn't, wouldn't it be to hold up that symbol and say, this is bullshit because it's not working for everybody else? And if you're a soldier who went and fought, I mean, I would argue that the last time we fought for our freedoms was the Civil War, but or may maybe you could say World War II. But we haven't we haven't fought for this country's defense since then. But even if yeah. you do, but even if you think that that's what you're doing as a soldier, you're going over to Iraq and you're fighting for American freedoms. Wouldn't you be thanking the person that burns the flag? Wouldn't you be thanking the person that that kneels and says, "Nope, not until this represents what the fuck it's supposed to represent." Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing here? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it also has to do with just the fact that we've never had a multi-ethnic democracy. Um, or there's never been an example of a multi-ethnic democracy in the world. That's why Western Europe's going through issues. That's why we're going through issues. It's, it was easy. It was an easy democracy when there's one people, one person on top and then everybody below them. But now, yeah. that, now that it's not like that anymore, 
it's 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 super challenging, you know. And I think I think a lot of this also has to do about like the myths we ask ourselves, we tell ourselves. Like we say, oh, this country is super super free, and it's always been equal, but it, it hasn't, and that's okay. And I, I like I love my I love America, but. I'm also, I also understand the realities of America, right? Yeah. That people haven't been free, but we're trying, we're hopefully trying to get there. My, my issue with what's going on now a lot of times is that it's like, we forgot that that's what we're trying to do. It's like, we don't <laughs> even care. Like people don't even care anymore. Like, well, nobody's part, saying of it is, uh, part of it is, is I don't think that uh, we had a couple comments here real quick. Uh, Tony Carr said only racists say that I'm assuming he means something that you said in, uh, I'm hoping that that's what it is. <laughs> I hope he's talking about one of us three, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, but wait, 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 what did he say? He said only racists say that. And I think he said that in reference to something you said about um, the flag, the anthem or something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, but that was a, a while ago. And then Lamont said uh, this, this shooting could have easily been uh, from 100 years ago. Uh, Reggie said, I stopped talking to the flag a long time ago. Uh, Crips and Bloods show off their flags according to their territory. Uh, the Black National Anthem, uh, America, America, Ray Charles. Did it. Yeah, they, they, that's right. another one. And over um, here, uh, over here, Jim, Jim said, was saying, look, back when we talked about stuff, he said, look at, look at the stuff like Gone with the Wind, Dukes of Hazard. It's like where you can see the whitewashing romanticism of the whole situation. Um, and it, it, it's true. Like we, we, we've had this so much um, in America where we – we, uh, I mean, and that's part of what we were talking about earlier with, with at least finally seeing some diversity in different stuff in, in roles. Like, like Koji, I mean, it, it, I guess I knew that, but it just took you to say earlier about when you read, a, when you read something and it doesn't specify the, the, the color, the race of the person, even you assume it's a white person. And, and for me, I could understand if, if you're like, oh, I always assume it's me. You know, I, I always thought people assumed that the hero of the story was them in a sense. Like, oh, this guy's a hero uh, of this book I'm reading. You kind of picture yourself at, or, or whoever you think of Harrison Ford as the hero of all my stories or whatever the deal is, right? But right. so I always thought, okay, well, black people must, must picture themselves as the hero. The Sam, Sam Ace in the, as the detective. It's, it's Ty when he reads it. It's me when I read But that's weird to hear. Well, it, it's... It's, it's a symptom of being a minority. You know, this is why a lot of my friends who go to like Asia, who, like non-Asian friends who go to Asia, they freak out because it's like <laughs> time they're in a territory where they're the different ones. Mm-hmm. Like when I walk into a room, I, I mean, like I've been to the South and I've, I was scared because people thought I wasn't American. They don't think I speak English. They want to kick the crap out of me. <laughs> you know, like I have to, like every person of color when they walk in anywhere, they're, they're aware. Who, who else is mm-hmm. here? What's going on? You know, so I mean, like when I read a script, like unless, it, unless their name is like Koji, I, I assume they're not Japanese. I assume they're yeah. not Asian, right? I, there, there's not even a moment where I think that they're Asian. And then when there is a single Asian person in that book, I get super excited because it's, <laughs> like, it's like the closest thing to me, right? I mean, you know, like, yeah. just, I mean, and I, I assume everyone, uh, most of the, at least the people who are minorities have to go through that kind of. Well, I think what, what a lot of us have dealt with or what we've come used to become used to dealing with is different than what our ancestors had to do with, because by no means is this anywhere near what our ancestors had to deal with. Of course. Yeah. This, this is, you know, I'm not going to marginalize it, but I'm just saying it's not, I mean, we're talking about shit, this story, this would have happened 40 years ago. They'd have been like, yep, sheriff killed somebody. Uh, he's opening up a child center tomorrow. 
Like it, it'd be something <laughs> as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't even be a, a thing. The All only, the kids are gonna go lynch somebody. Exactly. It's a, it's a exactly. Field trip. Remember, they used to they used to sell postcards of lynchings. Like they used to pass them out. And and now again, when I say that, like that sounds like a movie. That sounds like some horror shit. Like, oh man, that's not for real. I mean, thank God that never happened. But it really happened. They used to use black babies as alligator bait. Like this is a real, yeah, this is a real thing in this country, America. So what I keep trying to get people to understand is that, so yeah, let's say you don't sing the, the third stanza. Let's say you don't sing that other thing. Now, you're telling me that that's one thing. Okay, sure, you don't want to sing it, that's fine, I guess. But the other part of that is, why would you still get mad if I choose not to stand for that song? I'm an American citizen, just like you. I pay taxes, just like you. If I know who wrote the song, Francis Scott Key, if I know he wrote stuff, I know he was a slave owner, if I know he wrote it specifically excluding people of color, why, do you, why should I be forced to stand for it? Now, when I was in the military, of course, I did it because that's what you do. I served this country. That's fine. I'm proud of that. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that at all. But when you're telling people, average citizens, hey, man, you should be standing for our song. Oh, wait, our song? You mean, like, is there, is there a part in there for me? Oh, uh, no, 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 we just don't sing that part. Oh, okay. I don't understand how it works. Why, why do I have to still stand for the song if the song is not about me? And, and I liken it to a house guest. Like, if you come over to the house, like, like we went over, me and, me and my wife went over to Ian's house, and we hung out and everything. We had food and just told stories and stuff, kicked and all that great experience right now if we would have gone over there right me and my wife would have went on my wife my wife is is mexican if we would have went over there and ian would have told us that we have to wait outside uh and then when they let us in we had to stand in one corner of the house that's it right there we didn't get to eat the food that he was serving right then we had to eat whatever was left over uh and then on top of that if we said if we said something in the house he'd be like i didn't ask you to speak if he did all of that, they did all of that right. And then when it came time to sing the Harris National Anthem, <laughs> they was like, hey, why the fuck aren't y'all standing up for my, our national anthem? Like, well, because you, we didn't get to eat the food you had, and we had to stand over here. He's like, that don't fucking matter. You're in the same house. <laughs> so it's that mentality that has been the, the foundation of, of America. This is why... White folks, certain white folks won't see Kaepernick's struggle. So I don't want everything to be negative. Let me say this real quick, and I'll turn it back over to you guys. This is why I appreciate the people that don't look like me speaking up for people that look like me. And we have that more. I will say that. Thank the Lord for that. We have more people like Ian, like 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 uh, like you, Koji, like, like um, the, my neighbors. I had a good conversation with my neighbors the other day, and we see people marching for this. More people are speaking up. But even more people have to speak up. Yeah. And to me, th you know, this, this idea of patriotism through a flag or through a national anthem, that's, it's so stupid to me because ultimately it's like, patri you know, patriotism means loving your country, but, it, but it being honest about that as well, right? Really looking at it honestly, looking at It's like your family. You could love your family, but also know all the crap behind the family and then all, yeah. the, all the secrets and, and the not so great things about them. But that doesn't mean you don't love them less. 
But I think the problem with the kind of patriotism you guys are talking about is that it's this patriotism that we're the best country in the world. We're exceptional. And we've done everything we've ever done is great. And I'm like, no, no. I mean, like, just count down like, every person in, like, like, in gender, race, religion, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's everything, you know? That's why, um, so my family was incarcerated in uh, the, the uh, internment camps during World War II. You know, and so I always tell my son, you know, that that there's there's never going to be a time in our future where they're going to lock up Japanese Americans again. But that doesn't mean that that all that means is that next time it happens to somebody else, we have to stand up to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know, and I think yeah, it's, I, it's it's the whole the thing, like you know, like Tyler, you were saying, it's it's the whole, you know, um, I don't even remember who who the quote is or the exact quote, but we we talked about actually we talked about this on yours uh, on your podcast, where it's you know they came for they came for me, but I wasn't. You know, they came for the Jews, but I wasn't Jewish. So I didn't, yeah. you know, so I ignored it. They came for the blacks. I wasn't black. So I ignored it. And now they're coming for me and who's here to help me out. And, that, and that's the thing is, is it's for me as an atheist, I'm always telling people the first amendment is so important and it drives me crazy when I see religious people who don't care about the first amendment or how they, they force their religion in the name of the first amendment. And I'm always telling, I'm always like, you know, that there's going to be a day where you're the minority and, and what, what, if you're here forcing your religion, you're going to put your stuff up in the courthouse. You're going to tell me I have to swear on a Bible. You're going to have to say, I have to say, God, this, God, that all these things you're forcing me to believe, even though the, the constitution says that, it, that, you know, make me pray in school or whatever. Someday Muslims might be the, 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 the majority and you're going to be begging for separation of church and state. So I'll stand there and, and march with you and, 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 and support you in your personal, if someone tries to take away your personal right to believe whatever you want to believe, I will be right there with you any day of the week. But the second you try to force me to believe that, right. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting back. And, and I think the thing is that we have this with, that, um, that's just how, our, how, how everything in this country, we, we, we need to be, we need to remember that at some point, and I think this is what's happening with, with white people, they're realizing that they're, they're not going to be the majority. And they think wrongly, oh, shit, what's going to happen when it's payback time? But I don't think most people are sitting around going, I can't wait to enslave white people. No one's yeah. doing that. And, but and that's the, what they think. And the, the irony of that assumption also is that all the people of color get along. <laughs> like, like, we're going to yeah. join, like, one force. I've never seen a situation where we're all, like, in, in exactly. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> exactly, Koji. Exactly. And that's, but, it, and to your point, Ian, black people ain't, we're not waiting, and at least the ones I know, we're not waiting around to get back. We just want to live. We, we right. just want, we just want equal Fair peace. That's all we want. We want you to not shoot. <laughs> no, but, we want but, you to not shoot us when we're jogging. That's no. what we want. But so, Ty, so, so remember me, we talked about that. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so to me, it's like like these people having this mentality and thinking that we're going to try and come back at them. Like come back at you for what? Oh, so <laughs> then that means you would have to acknowledge all of the fucked up shit you've done. You can't do both. You can't they, they'd say yeah. you get back for my ancestors, something I didn't have anything to do with. But the point is, remember, we talked about this before. I, it's my belief that not everyone, we got into an argument about this before, but, but I think that the majority of people are, project their beliefs on you. So when someone like that, when these people, this 35% of these white Trump supporting racist type people, when they think, 
What happens when we're the minority? We're going to be subjugated. We're going to be enslaved. Because that's what they would do. Exactly. But exactly. also, as, as the only Asian person on this podcast, I also want to mention that they're not really a minority. They're still the majority race. They're just not the overall majority anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it, uh, real, real quick, uh, real quick, uh, quick side note. One, Trump hasn't issued a statement. Surprise. Uh, He's the only so, one that hasn't, by the way. Biden, Bernie, Warren... They've all issued a statement. Exactly. Weird. Hmm. What could it possibly be? <laughs> anyway. Um, but Derek uh, had a couple comments here uh, to your, your point about the First Amendment. And he said that's why the First Amendment was written first. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and then he said uh, it's the most important amendment in, in his opinion. And, and his was crazy about this. The, the more... Understand the reason why this dude constantly bashes Obama, even though now, now let me, what other world do you know where statistically you can look up facts and see clearly who is the better president <laughs> and people still want to believe that Obama was worse than this dude. Let me tell you why he's done that because he knows the history of this country. He knows the underlining racism that has always been there, that has never gone anywhere. So all he has to say is that black dude is bad. Now, let me tell you something. If, if you come out and you say something to somebody, you say, okay, you know what? This is what I believe. These are the facts. This is that. Now, if it was just white and white, you could easily just be like, okay, well, let me see. What was Mitt Romney's record on this? Okay, Mitt Romney said this. Mitt Romney did this. Okay, this is a political thing, and I've had to look at this statistically. All right, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But when you just come out and say, Obama did this, if you don't like black folks, you don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> I don't care what it is. As long as you said Obama did it, I don't like it. Or if it's something that Obama did that was good, I'm going to find a way to make it look like you did it better. This is why this dude could come in and tell people he has the greatest economy when he has it. This is why he can come in and tell people that the prior administration left an uh, uh, empty stockpile of stuff for, for a virus that wasn't even around until months ago. And people fucking believe it because they're talking about a black man who was in charge. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you the worst thing Obama did. The worst thing he did was not fuck up. That was the <laughs> worst thing he did. He didn't have a sex scandal. He didn't have any corruption. He didn't do any of this. And I'm not saying he was perfect, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he did wear a tan suit and eat mustard. Exactly. <laughs> so, so to me, if he would have been a fuck up, it would not have been that big of a deal for these racists because they would be like, okay, see, see. But the fact that he's so so admired, the, even even when you don't like some of the stuff that he said, you still respected this dude. So all this dude had to come in and do was just make you see that, hey, man, I don't like the darkie. You don't like the darkie either? We're on the same team. <laughs> well, yeah, and, 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 and remember people even went after Michelle Obama for wanting to make kids healthier. Yes. And, and do you understand how racist you have to be to not want to eat healthy? I'll fuck you and your rules. Well, and, you know, I've I've literally had the conversation with guys who it's this thing now with these Trump supporting redneck douchebags that they call her a man. Which first off, I, I don't get that. I, I don't know. I I think Michelle Obama's 
attractive woman. Like, I, I don't, I don't know where they get this idea that she even looks remotely ma masculine anyway, but that's the whole thing is that they keep saying she's a man. And when I call them out, they go, Oh, it's not racist. I'm just saying that really. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm just saying, I think she's ugly. Really? There okay. was a, there okay. was a here for, uh, for, I think directed towards Cody, uh, from Reggie. Reggie says, uh, nobody sees the Asian sneaking up behind the master race. So that's probably, they don't well, they see you. They should. You know, one of the things I always tell people about Asians is that we went from, in 1964, we were like 4.4% of the population. Right now we're about eight. By 2050, <laughs> we'll be 16. That's not legal immigration, guys. <laughs> like, you know, like that's not legal immigration. So ultimately, I mean. Don't, don't go jogging, Koji. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that's the thing that, that's, that's where a lot of my Asian American brothers and sisters get confused is they start to think they have privilege. Because it's it's like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get shot because I'm running down the street, but that also doesn't mean I'm not gonna get the CEO position because I'm Asian. Because they think Asians yeah. can't speak, they can't, you know, they, we, we're not leaders, you know, we're not strong, right? Like it's just different stereotypes, but they're all bad stereotypes. I don't care if they're quote good or bad, yeah. you know, and, and how that hurts other people. And to me, that's why we're I all my big thing is that we're all we're all on the same page, and we, we should be on the yeah. same page. We're not fighting each other. We're, you know, we're at the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> as far I'll as I'm concerned. The, the one the one thing that I do, that, I, that I say is um, is really good that, that we can all help. Like we talked going back to the earlier conversation about film and and roles and things like that. The one thing I'll see. Well, first off, kids are way better. I um, mean, uh, uh, Jim on my page over here made a thing about about. Uh, um, Know, about the reason trans people have such issues these days and and i will say the thing is kids nowadays for the most part at least in, in especially in more educated places first off in more educated liberal places big cities they do teach about these things that we talked about earlier that schools don't teach in. that's why you don't see this kind of stuff as much in places like los angeles where you see it in some place in rural georgia but also kids don't give a shit as much if you're gay or if you're a different rate, like kids just yeah. don't see that stuff nowadays like they did when, when we were kids for Although, sure. I think it's a lot more hidden though. Well, it's just I, more, I, I, it's just more hidden nowadays. Like, I mean, I for example, like, I, I, like in second grade, if, uh, my son's in second, but in first grade, my son had a, a South, uh, South Asian woman, an Indian woman. And I was outside the class and I was walking by some parents. So they're, they're like talking about her race and all they could oh. do is like, and I live in a super liberal, like small that, city. The kids were? No, the parents were. Oh yeah, and no, but I'm right. saying I'm saying that yeah. the kids. No, I know the kids are, but but it still comes down to it. Like my son was called Jap. You know, like it's right. like which is a weird oh, term wow. because it's like because that's like the 1940s. Nobody calls people Japs anymore, right? right? But like, <laughs> but it was just weird because it's like it, it it still comes down. I think. I mean, it's not it's not as like you can't walk on the side of the street like it was in the 60s or 50s, no. right? But it's like it's just different now. Like you get shot right. if you're running, if if you're taking care of white children. Right. Or if you're selling, you know, like whatever, like watches on the street. Right. Any of these things now. But I think I think the thing is what I was what I was going to get at, though, is also that well, what we can and are seeing and we can keep doing as as, you know, filmmakers and actors and different things is we're seeing now role models, you know, people, people, whether you want want them to be or not, are sports figures characters in movies this stuff they're they are role models and like we've talked about this before ty where it's like you see little kids of all races wanting to be black panther for for halloween or you know with, with you have anime now and those kind of stuff that is hugely popular and martial arts movies are hugely popular again and you see kids looking up to like when i was a kid i looked up to bruce lee right and right. and 
so I never thought of anything other than, than the baddest dude on the planet was Asian, was Chinese. So I was like, oh, like I never thought anything bad about Asian people, mostly because my hero was Asian. And I think the more that permeates society, the more it's like we have black heroes and, and Latino heroes and Asian heroes that all kids want to be. That really helps out a lot because kids don't see it as anything other than, you know, back when our parents' parents grew up, it was everybody, it was, it was this, the racism was so blatant where it's like this care, it was a black character. It was, it was made to look, it was, they were made to look bad or stupid or they were slaves or they were, they were butlers or all this. And you just looked at those people and said, yeah, that's, that's how those people are. Yeah. Nowadays we're like, no, the hero of the fucking movie is Black Panther. And you're like, I want to be that motherfucker right there. Like, you know what I mean? I, th I think that's a good thing so, to be moving toward. That, and, and, but now even, even those things are met with resistance. So real quick, a couple yes. comments. And then, uh, so Derek brought up uh, Michelle Obama. They did call her a gorilla and an ape in heels. This is the first lady they're talking about, people. They, yes. they call her a gorilla and an ape in heels. That's how they talked about the first lady of America. It's fine. Uh, and then Lamont says, kids don't know anything until they're filled with the bigotry of the parents. Very true. And I, I said this before. I said, the, to your point, Ian, the younger generation will fix this if they don't follow the pattern of the hate that their ancestors did. If they ignore that and, and treat each other as equals, we'll be fine. It'll get better. Um, but real quick, uh, to the, the filmmaking part, Hattie McDaniels won... An Oscar, I, and I hope I'm remembering this right, Hattie McDaniel won an Oscar for Gone with the Wind, and she couldn't even come in the front entrance. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't even come in the front entrance. She couldn't sit with her fellow white actors. She had to sit somewhere else, and she had to leave, and she had to go out a certain way. This is, she won an Oscar <laughs> and could not enter the front door. So... This is the history of America. So, so when people keep acting like it's all rosy and great, and no, it wasn't that. Uh, and to the point about Black Panther, I don't know if you remember, Ian, when it came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember two things. Remember, one, somebody thought it was about the Black Panthers. That's one. <laughs> which is weird, because you don't even got to do any research. Just look at the poster. If you're too lazy to look at a fucking poster, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to tell you. But, That's Huey Newton. That's George Jackson. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then the other part of that, it got some backlash because some people came out and said, "Oh man, come on, man, this sends a wrong, this sends the wrong message to black people believing that a place like Wakanda can exist." What? What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, so a place with high technology uh, and superheroes and a pride in your heritage. In, tri in, tr in tribal pride and ancestral pride, that's a bad stereotype and that cannot be shown. That's a negative thing for people to see. I've never heard them say that shit about American Gangster. I've never heard them say that shit about uh, Straight Outta Compton. I've never heard them say that shit about any, any movie where the, the training day, nothing. But Black Panther was such a bad example of what it was. It, it, it gives, oh, I'm sorry, the exact quote was, it gives black people a false thing to strive for. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Miss me with this bullshit. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's that. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, I got one more comment, and then I guess we can... Oh, yeah, and real quick, Jim over here says, and he, I absolutely agree with this. He says, because we also need to learn the difference between celebrating a character or culture and cultural appropriation. The left, our side, 
he's left them. We're all left. Gets uh, it, it's it gets ridiculous on the left. It, it, it berating a twelve year old or ten year old for wearing a Mulan Halloween costume is, is pretty wrong. I, I agree in the sense that like like we talked about this before, Ty. When I was a kid, I've said how many times have I said now twenty times on here. I dressed up as Mr. T for Halloween because I fucking love Mr. T. I wasn't I wasn't it wasn't blackface. I wasn't trying to make fun of black. And it's like if a kid wants to dress up, I, there were kids there were kids who got in trouble for dressing up as Black Panther. I remember, right. and I was like, an eight-year-old little boy who wants to put on a Black Panther costume, if he's white or Asian or Mexican or Brazilian or wherever the fuck he's from, let the kid, you should be celebrating that he's, that he's wanting to be this character. Don't, don't tell the kid he's wrong. But in general, I mean, in general, my role is I never dress up in another person's yeah, a, a cultural costume. I think there's a, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do things, and, and we usually know the doesn't wear, you right. still wear the costume. You have to put the, yeah. the makeup. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get Chad's opinion. On, I mean, I want to get Coach's opinion on this because Chad wrote a comment. Uh, and his comment is, he said, I, lo- I too love the First Amendment, but along with the good, it has also created a right-wing bubble that allows racists to reinforce their ideas. Uh, since it is a bubble, it's so hard for the rest of, uh, of a progressive society to effectively ostracize these terrible humans. <laughs> well... And that's that's what I was saying before about this um, that that study where people now believe that democracy is not the best but authoritarian government. So for me, when I t- what I take from that is that before, if I sat down on in a in a room with a, somebody from Mississippi who was on the opposite side of the political spectrum for me, we would at least have a conversation because we both agree that democracy is the best form of government. Nowadays, right. I can't even sit across from you because right. if yep. you don't if you don't even believe in democracy, we can't have a conversation. So that's right. why I think we're we're at a very important watershed moment for our country. Where I think I think it's gonna there's only there's only two there's there's one of two directions right that yep. happen and I think that I think this this is just a symptom of, of Trump is just a symptom of it uh, of this 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 fall you know I mean I feel like I'm in a different country than than some of these other parts you know like if I, I I don't feel like a lot of the South is or the Midwest or even you know any of those places are my country anymore like I, I haven't been to the South since this dude's been in office by the way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was in, you know, I was in Florida when, right when he got elected and it was like terrible, but you know, I think it's just, it's just, it's just to me that, and, and actually, well, let me just say something about the, the bill of rights. You know, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the bill of rights was passed or the constitution was passed before the bill of rights, right? Those, those rules, like, they didn't, they never cared about those rules. If they cared so much, it would have been the actual constitution. It wouldn't have been an amendment to the mm-hmm. constitution. Right. So, yep. uh, so to me, that's not, you know, like, I, I think we need to understand the mythology of our country and we need to understand, like, like we talked about African-Americans, but like Native Americans, like our myth of our country is that this place was the North American continent was empty, that there's nobody here. And it was like, yeah. we could just come here. But in reality, Native Americans, uh, North America was the most culturally diverse place on this planet. Right. With more languages, religions, peoples than anywhere in the world. But we, we seem to think when we learned American history, Oh, everything was free. We came here and we just took it over and we could, and there were some pesky little people here, but no, no, that's not pesky little people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could kill them or rape them or just give them, give them a couple blankets. But see, I love how you <laughs> love how you phrase that Koji, the mythology of America. That right there is the perfect way to say, because we in everyone else knows that everyone has ever been oppressed that discriminated against we know the reality but these other people that have never had to deal with that they have this mythology about what this is and what this country 
uh, has represented for everyone, which, and, and it's hard to, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around people who still think that even though it's in your face. And Ian and I were talking about this, I don't know if it was last podcast or podcast, a couple podcasts ago. Uh, when it comes to, like, let's say women being fearful, like Ian and I both are adult males and we've, we've traveled on the road uh, together. We've traveled separately. And we've been in places where we walk by ourselves, where we're walking down the street by ourselves and we don't even think twice about it. It's not even a big, I'm sure, as, as I'm sure you have as well, because you're new. So I remember telling my wife this one time when I was in New York, I was just like, yeah, you know, it was about one or two o'clock in the morning in New York and I'm just walking around. I got my headphones on. I'm just enjoying the city. And she's like, wait a minute, so you just walking around? I'm like, yeah. She's like, Are you, just be careful. I'm like, for what? Anybody gonna fuck with me? I'm a dude, right? That mentality is because I'm a man. But if a woman if a, if a woman tells me she's walking around by herself, I automatically like, why are you doing that? Why why, why would you? What why, why are you walking around? That's like what? And I was like, no no no, you got to be careful, because I don't have the same fear because my life is not in that same type of situation. I use that same example when it comes to race, where people are like, what what do you mean that they shot him because he was black? I'm telling you, they said he fit the description. No, 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 no. They didn't get the, they didn't, they didn't tell you, they told you they shot somebody who was running. They didn't say he was a jogger and they had, they tried to stop him. He was running and someone tried to categorize it as he was trying to burglarize these other places. They didn't say anything else except, hey, why was he running? And even if you listen to the dispatcher and he's talking, they're talking to someone that called in and the guy's like, yeah, well, uh, Guy, guy, well, see the guy, he's been kind of snooping around. See, yeah, there, there he is, right there. He's running right now. And then the dispatcher says, well, what is he doing? And you can hear it in the dude's voice because he didn't know any, any other way to say it. He's like, uh, running. <laughs> and, like, even he knew it was like, oh, I don't I, I can't say he's doing anything bad, you know. So even they know in their mind, they're like, if it's not a reality for them, it's not a reality. It's not a reality for them. This is why we constantly have this. This is why constantly people will be saying dumb shit like, well, you know, he should have complied. Complied with who? Complied right. with who? Well, it's, it's remember, remember last, uh, we were talking, to, uh, we had an argument on Facebook with a uh, couple people. I had, I had posted several things about the guy, like we talked, Coach, I talked about earlier too, with the, the guys with the ARs and the AKs and the nine millimeters showing up with masks on and military fatigues to an elected official's office, screaming and yelling in the cops' faces, nothing happens. Now, granted, we know that, that when someone is angry at an elected official, sometimes they assassinate them. We've seen, We've seen assassinations. We've seen Kennedy get assassinated. We've seen Martin Luther King get assassinated. We've seen people get assassinated. So you've got a group of terrorists, a gang with masks on their face and army fatigues, a paramilitary outfit with semi-automatic weapons storming a building of a politician yeah. that they dislike. And that's not seen as a threat. Exactly. Meanwhile, a few years ago, there was a 12-year-old playing with a BB gun at a park, yep. the cop pulled up and shot him on sight without saying, stop, put down the gun. What are you doing? And I posted that with the idea of saying, 
well, first off, this is not equal, but second of all, well, why doesn't, why can't this kid have a gun? Like, you know, if, if, the, if the thing is that, well, we're allowed to carry guns, pro-gun, I'm a first, a second amendment and guns this and guns that. Well, why does he get shot for having a gun? Toy gun, these, it's up the store. A, a toy gun. And, and these guys don't even get stopped or arrested for having an arsenal being hostile in a government official's place. This kid's at a park by himself with a BB gun. So, and, and, the, and the, the, the response I got was, why did you post a picture of when he was 11? <laughs> Here's a picture of when he was 12. What? Okay. He first off, he doesn't look a whole lot different. But the idea was, because he had a picture where he was wearing a flannel, and he was doing this thing with his fingers, which wasn't a gang sign, by the way. It was just like he was doing like, what's up, Jeez. kind of a thing. And it was like, so oh, I'm supposed to be scared of him now that he's a little bit bigger, wearing a blue flannel, and holding his fingers in a certain way. So therefore, that means he should have been shot. Is the first, and on, on top of that, was that what he was wearing at the park? <laughs> right. I mean, but, 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 but even so, you, you don't get to just shoot somebody because of the way they look. And the thing is that if, if you do, if you go, okay, this guy looks like a gangbanger and he's got a gun and he's waving it around in public. Well, here's 30 guys that look like a gang of terrorists covering their faces with high powered weapons in an elected official's office. How was that not shoot on site? I don't understand well, how that- it, it, it falls under the, the, the myth, the mythology of America. That's why I said like, like the, the, the guy on the, the white guy on the shiny horse. You know what I'm saying? Not not shiny horse, white white guy horse. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I think it falls under that. And uh real quick, um Lamont said there was some back I remember that it was some backlash about the Cosby show because it was like, Well, wait a minute, you mean a black doctor and a black lawyer and their kids don't have any problems? Like people like <laughs> I'm telling you, when they first pitched, I remember that, Lamont, when they first pitched the Cosby show, people were like, NBC, the, the, the people at NBC was like, uh, I don't really know, is this representative of, and like, <laughs> yeah, we have black doctors, we have black lawyers, and all that. So it was some backlash for that. It was some backlash for- Can we at least get one rerun who dances funny and runs away at the beginning? Exactly. <laughs> Can one of them pop lock whenever yeah. they come? <laughs> and then chase uh, the truck? And then, uh, and then uh, Reggie said that they had cops all throughout the NWA movie, which I, I remember seeing that in certain parts. Uh, Tamir Rice, Tamir Rice uh, case is shitty, exactly. So uh, the person called 911 even said that it looks like he's holding a BB gun. So again, it's just the thing, and we got, I guess we got we to wrap this up? Where are we at on time? Yeah, we got to wrap it up. We got, no, okay. we got, we have, we got about two minutes. Can I, can I say okay. one thing real quick? Yes, please. I, I interviewed a guy from my other podcast, a minister from Georgia, an African American minister, and he told me that he tells his parishioners that they need to carry guns. That they, they need yeah. to, that they, they should be holding guns as well. That if, if the cops aren't going to protect them, that they need to they need to be able to. I, I here's here's the problem with that. But, I mean, I, I agree. I know what they're saying there, but here's the problem. The problem with that is, imagine if this dude had a gun. Yeah. We right. mean it, it would be case dismissed. Period. What am, I, like, what am I? What do you have a gun for? You'd be like, "What do the white guys have a gun for?" They thought he was robbing. Well, he was worried about white rednecks tracking him down. Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. That's what would. That's what they. Yeah, no, I, I know, but what? Like, but you have to. You know, on some level, we all have to be careful. I mean, like one of my friend, one of my one of my neighbors is an African American guy. And he runs down the street, and I remember a cop was was going after him, and I was like, "Hey, hey, 
Like he's, he's my neighbor. He's fine. But then like later I'm like, we have to be careful. Like these people right. are stupid. They're going to shoot you it for is, no reason. They, you know? they, right, but if they see a the gun, they will definitely shoot. Oh, for sure, for the, sure. The, remember, Alejandro Castillo said, I've got a gun, and it's legally, and they went, and legal, and they went boom. <laughs> there, has been, there has not been one scenario where someone said, a black person said they had a gun, and it turned out great. None. <laughs> oh, no, uh, Tupac, Tupac shot that off-duty officer, remember? He got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I will say this. I, I, I agree why you say we shouldn't do it, Ian, but I agree with your initial assessment uh, that black people should, I mean, everyone should arm themselves that uh, the pastor said, uh, Koji, because listen, let me tell you something. If you, the, the cops, a cop shot, a former cop shot this dude, went to another cop, the other cops, instead of turning this dude in, helped cover it up for this former cop. So, so there's no recourse of saying, well, let's trust the justice system. There's historical documents <laughs> that we cannot trust the, 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 the justice system because it doesn't work for us. There's, even when it comes to cops, the Somali cop that shot the white lady, that motherfucker's going to jail, bro. The <laughs> dude that shot Tamir Rice, he's free. Yep. So, like I said, um, I don't, there was no really no... Wait, in this we, we, we need we need to get going back. There was a couple things I want to talk about. We don't have time for, but I just will put it out, put it out. And funny, as I was doing this, Nikki posted over here. She's not sure, but, but she thinks that she may have just read that Mike Pence has tested positive. Uh, we, we do know that um, one of the valets uh, for um, one of the you know people that works with Trump tested positive. One of his staffers. Uh, one of his staffers did. I don't staffers, know if he did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, so there's hope. Um, but hilarious, by the way, that Trump said we don't need testing and we don't need contact tracing. Apparently, he blew his shit yesterday, and he wants everyone tested every day and traced every single day. He wants testing, but but he said people don't need to get tested, but once a year in America. But now that someone near him has it, he wants tested every single day, and he wants it traced back every single day to find out where it is. So this you, is the hypocrisy of Trump people. He doesn't give a fuck about you, but now that someone near him has it, he wants to be tested uh, every single day you, and all of his aides need to be tested every single day. Did you see his comment about uh, the number of tests and the, the, the number, why it seems so severe? He said uh, basically that, um, let me see, I got to get this right, um, kind of paraphrasing. He says, yeah, we shouldn't be having so many tests because the more tests we have, the more bad, the more worse. The worse it'll look. Yeah. I actually posted about, that's like going, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, what, they, that's what you said in high school. <laughs> Can we stop all this testing? It's making me look bad. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, first, uh, first and foremost, thank you to our guest, Koji. Give him a round of applause. Thank you yes. so much, bro. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you guys for having thank me. Thank you for cool. the insight. Thank you for riding with us on this, this journey. And uh, and no one got shot. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, yes. you're welcome yes. on the show anytime. And thank you very much for that. Uh, and I am going to pick your brain about some film stuff. I really yeah, am. Tell tell people where they can follow you and, and the name of your show and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I have I have three shows real quick: Best or Worst Pod, Midnight Watchers, and um, Guy Code. And they can find me and all my stuff on my website. So it's Koji K O J I Steven with a V and Sakai S A K A I dot com. And that has everything. Cool. All right. Uh, and you can find me at comedian which has links to all of the social media platforms. There is a
project in the works. I can't really tell you guys all about it right now, but there's something coming up, and I will keep you guys informed of that. But yeah, comedianshabarnett.com links to all the social media platforms, and uh, go either run or walk for mod. I'm gonna do it today, even though my body is hurting, I'm, my back is killing me, but I'm gonna go do it. Uh, I'm not gonna run for him. I mean, yeah, I ain't doing that. I will walk for him though. So anyway, you can find Ian at. Uh, IanHarrisComedian.com or SkepticComedian.com and um, yeah and all this normal social media I'm easy to find uh, for the podcast some of you watch it on Facebook if you are watching it right now and you haven't seen the past episodes we've got a hundred of them or something like that with some really good guests sometimes we don't do guests but uh, go on to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or any of those places where you can get caught podcasts watch it rate it Give it a star, five stars. Give it a review. That helps us out a lot. Um, if you want to donate so that we can keep doing this, uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash critical thinking. We, it's very very low amount of money. It's like a dollar or something like that. Yeah, but we don't give away anything. We don't give away. I'm not going to write you a letter. I'm not going to come over and, and rub your back if you give me – I just – if you want to keep – if you want to jump in and have, if you want to help out a little bit, cool. If not, no worries. Um, but be sure to rate, like, and share our podcast – where it counts uh, on the podcast. Uh, and real, real, real quick, uh, to everyone that watched, thank you to everybody that watched, Lamont, Reggie, Derek, April, uh, Chad, and uh, we had some others in there too, but thank you all. Yeah, we got Jim, our Danny, Joey, uh, Nikki, uh, Greg, a few people over here as well. Um, oh, Tim, thank you all for watching. We will see you next week. Critical hey. thing. Thank you guys. Bye. Later. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, Coach. That was cool.